welcome everybody. This edition of No Longer the Ranting Ron Show. We have now changed as we are now part of Built in Buffalo Network. So we are now. Who are we, guys? The Mighty Swordsman Hockey Cast. <laughs> God, I'm stuck, right? Yeah, we are the Mighty Swordsman Hockey Cast, folks. Uh, the Ranting Ron Show. I will always be Ranting Ron. But uh, yep. if you're going to build in Buffalo, I thought it was only fair to my co-hosts who are with me a lot to just change the name. Uh, we talk about, you know, we're going to mostly talk about Stabers all the time. And uh, this is our first episode of Mighty Swordsman, Mighty Swordsman Podcast. The Mighty Swordsman <laughs> Hockey Cast. All right. Tonight, with my Seattle Kraken jersey on. All the way from Seattle, we have Andy Ide. How you doing, Andy? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I uh, appreciate it. So tell us about yourself. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I cover the Seattle Kraken for uh, feels like a, a thousand different media outlets, but it's uh, uh, it's NHL.com. I'm Seattle's cor- uh, their Seattle correspondent for NHL.com. I do some stuff for the team itself and uh, a site called soundahockey.com. We do a lot of coverage and we have a podcast. Uh, uh, so yeah, kind of busy these days, but uh, a lot of writing. It gets confusing at times, but uh, try to keep it all under <laughs> under control. Yeah, it is tough, you know. I mean, luckily we've had our team a lot longer, and we've been able to build this up over the years. Now we were supposed to be live last night at eight mm-hmm. o'clock, and um, as we were t- trying to get the show on the road, I was having all kinds of technical difficulties. And I appreciate you that you were willing to come back on tonight. So thank you for coming. So no let's worries. just start in. Let's just get right into it. Um, so, Seattle, I've wanted to get a hockey team for a long time. Many people know I. Uh, my second football team is the Seattle Mayor. Uh, Seattle Mariners, we're talking about there, is the Seattle Seahawks. What? So, Seattle gets a hockey team, uh, finally. And what is – what? how is the feeling of the, the general feeling of having now having a hockey team that actually won the first Stanley Cup ever uh, back in 1919 or something like that? What's the general feeling around the town? Like, are people really generally excited? It's going to be much different than Vegas because Vegas, no one really knew because the population is mostly out of towners. What's the vibe? Yeah, people are pretty excited around here. Uh, you know, there, there's, you know, when they when they put ticket sales on uh, to, for deposits way back in 2018 to show the NHL there was interest here, they hit their goal of uh, 13,000 in 12 minutes. And by the end of the day, they had 30,000 deposits. So that was a pretty big uh, eye opening that. Yeah, there are a lot of hockey fans here, and people are interested. And ever since then, you know, they just put jerseys on sale just a couple of weeks ago, uh, and, and they've already smashed records for jersey sales. They've far they've already surpassed what Vegas has done, and uh, when they when they launched their jerseys, so there were people lined up around their their practice facility where they had a they turned one of the rinks there into a, a mega store for jerseys, and there were people lined up a couple hours before they even opened outside in the rain, waiting to just be able to buy their jersey. So. Uh, they've had people at practice all, all the last couple of weeks, uh, pretty big crowds there. So yeah, there's, there's been a lot of excitement here among the fans and, and sports fans. I think, I think the, the kind of the main media, some of the bigger sports media here still have to kind of catch on, but there's also Seahawks going on and, and the Mariners are hot. So, and it's still preseason for the Kraken. So I think once the season starts, you'll see them come around, but yeah, there's a ton of excitement here. You walk around the city, you start, you know, you're starting to see Kraken gear, everywhere on the streets and, and grocery stores and, and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, the fans are psyched. Uh, it's pretty exciting time here to, to start a new franchise. Do people generally like the name 
I mean, there was, I, I thought it was going to be totems for sure. You know, it was like two or three years of talk of what they'll be called. There are so many names going on. Would you have preferred a different name or you're pretty, were you sold on Kraken? I, I, I never really had a preference. I looked at it as like, you know, you win the lottery. You don't, you don't start counting, you know, you don't start planning what you're going to yeah. do with it until you win the lottery. So I didn't care what they gig call them, whatever. And, and I'm going to be happy that we have a team. Uh, there was a, a lively debate around town here, though, for about a year about what the name should be. If you look at any message boards, as people got some pretty heated arguments about what they wanted it to be. So, you know, Kraken, it's it's a usual, but I, you know, at first you're kind of like, a Kraken, what is that? But when you saw the rollout with the logo and the jerseys and everything, the colors, you know, they really knocked it out of the park, I think, with the whole package. Yeah, I love it. I mean, my wife got me this because um, she knew once she saw it, she goes, oh, I got you another one because I have a – Matt Hasselbeck jersey too, so you know, um, yeah, that's cool. And uh, the name of the arena is called the Crack House. Is that? Was, there's no truth there, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's the it's the Climate Pledge Arena, uh, sponsored right. by Amazon. All right, but so it's not going to be no nickname Crack. I mean, I've heard that. I don't know if people are being I, funny or not, yeah. but that's you know, there's nah, nothing I, official. I don't think anyone's really going to call it that for. I, I, I really. <laughs> I, I think Elliot Friedman was worried about it. That's why he doesn't like the name Kraken. <laughs> oh, is that why? <laughs> I think no matter what you call your team name, there's always going to be some derogatory nickname other teams oh, fans course, will, uh, will call yeah. you. <laughs> All right. And Seattle is a hockey city, right? It, it is. I think so. I think, you know, there's been major junior hockey here with the Western Hockey League for over 40 years. Uh, and I think some people don't, don't realize that. Um, I, I've always thought it was underground. You, you have two Western Hockey League teams in the, in the area here in Everett, which is just north of Seattle, and then the Seattle Thunderbirds. And a lot of good hockey players have come through here. Matt Barzell played here. Carter Hart played here. Uh, you know, and then in the eastern part of the state, we have two other WHL teams uh, in Tri-City, which is about three hours out of Seattle, and then Spokane, which is about four. Um, and, again, you've had great players come through there. Kerry Price played for Tri-City. Uh, uh, Sabre legend uh, Stu Barnes played for Tri-City. Barnes. And is now actually back coaching Tri-City this year. So he's back in the area. Um, he actually worked for the Kraken for the last year as a scout, uh, but now went back. To the junior team he owns he owns the tri-city americans and now he's their head coach so there's been a lot of hockey here i've always felt it's been a little bit underground when it comes to the nhl because you have transplants and so there was no one team that everybody was pulling for in the nhl um so i, I always felt like there are hockey fans here we just gotta have one team to unite them all and i think that's not what's going to happen right and being as close as you are to vancouver i imagine that'll be one of your first rivals i i imagine uh, you know um, so that'll be interesting to see. You said you were a Vancouver Canuck fan before all this, so yep. change allegiance. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, right. they're, they're, they're trying to make that the rivalry. There's, but I, you know, I, I think that rivalries are really born on the ice, so yeah. we yep. will see. It could be actually, it could be, yeah. it could be San Jose, you know, the Seahawks and the 49ers always have had a good rivalry, you know, with Seattle, the Bay Area. I think something's gonna have to happen on the ice, uh, the first playoff series, something like that. Like, that's really gonna kind of you know, choose who the rivals are. We brought a playoff series, so that will lead into our next topic. Yeah, today. yeah. Speaking of playoff series, um, obviously, you know, excitement and naturally, you bring any new sports team. Like, at the, I was thinking, just thinking about the other day, if Buffalo got like a, a baseball team finally and we mm -hmm. didn't turn it down because it was NL instead of AL. But if we would have done that, uh, you know, yeah, naturally. That's, that's the real story behind it. But yeah, if we would have done something like that, mm -hmm. would have been a lot of excitement, obviously. But expectations and excitement are two different things, obviously. Um, I mean, what do you, I've watched, I've caught snippets. I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a full crack in preseason game yet. Obviously I don't even know if you can, but I've been watching snippets. 
And I like a little bit of what I see. Obviously, it's a bit of a younger team. But the one area of concern for me is goaltending. So I kind of want to get into your expectations. What do you think? Uh, I mean, what are you looking for, number one? And, and what do you think will happen, number two? Uh, for the season, yeah, I think, you know, uh, there, there's a couple of groups of fans here. There are kind of the, the the rah-rah fans, you know, loyal to a fall to expect the same result that Vegas got their first year. And, and, and I think that was like, a you know, a getting struck by lightning that year. That That's never going to happen. It probably shouldn't have happened that year. Uh, I so hated to it. Me, to me, I, I think if they're if they're playing meaningful games at the end of the year in March or that they're playing for a playoff spot, whether they make it or not, to me, that's a success. If they're in the hunt. Mm-hmm. I think with the way the Pacific Division is set up, they really could end up in the playoffs as a wild card team. That wouldn't be shocking to me. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be a team that's that's not going to light up the scoreboard. They don't have a lot of big time scorers. I think they're hoping some younger guys kind of take a step, but they're going to be tough to play against. You know, last night in Calgary, their forecheck was just a monster against the Flames, and you know, set up the game the, the game go ahead goal in the third period. Uh, they ended up having to go to a shootout, but. You know, they, they just, they cause the Flames all kinds of fits. And that's kind of been their MO in the first three games is their aggressive forecheck. Uh, they're, they're a physical team. They, they play good defense. So uh, they're not going to be an easy, uh, an easy two points at any night. Yeah. And, and one thing that kind of like, it kind of threw me off because, you know, kind of following with the vibe you're saying of, you know, they're going to be a harder team to play. Mm-hmm. They're not going to score a lot of goals, but you'd think naturally have good defense. That's probably why they brought in, uh, you know, obviously they selected Dreiger and then you signed Grubauer. But that's kind of the area of concern, it seems like, so far. Because I'm looking at the – if you look at just save percentage, I believe they're both mm-hmm. hovering around 800%. I don't know that one is that much better than the other. Um, I would naturally think Grubauer because I honestly thought he would have got a bigger deal than he got in the offseason regardless. But um, do you have any concern? I mean, I know it's it's preseason. It's three games. But is there any concern there for you and any chance that maybe Dreiger takes the job over Grubauer? No, I actually think Grubauer has been better so far in the preseason. If you look at the goals Grubauer has given up, the first game – uh, one was a breakaway on, on a, after a guy jumped out of the penalty box. Uh, and then the second one, Brock Besser took a shot that was going wide and hit a cracking defenseman and went in. Um, and then uh, Drieger gave up a goal, I think, in Vancouver that was clearly a high stick, but we were in a junior rink that had no video replay. But you look at the replay, and the guy's <laughs> stick was way up high, uh, Niels Holglander. I, I don't, and then the, the game, the, the 6 nothing game to Ed, to Ed Los Edmonton, where Drieger gave up a bunch of goals. If you look at the lineup that night, the Oilers were playing their roster. Dryland oh, yeah. was in, yeah. David was in. Seattle had a bunch of guys that are probably headed to the AHL. They had a 19-year-old prospect they just drafted. They had a 20-year-old prospect. So that was kind of a – you kind of throw that one out a little bit. Um, they looked better last night. Grubauer played better last night. Um, so I, I think they actually are going to be pretty set in their in their goaltending. It's going to be Grubauer uh, and then Drieger number two. And then they have their third goalie, Joey Decord, who is really young, uh, who's the first player ever to come out of Arizona State, by the way, to play in the NHL. He, oh, wow. Uh, he looked really – he's looked really good. I, I think he's still probably AHL bound, but don't be surprised if anybody gets hurt or there's a slip-up. Like he, he's the first call-up. So he looks like maybe a guy down the road that they can count on. Uh, a guy that probably like, would be starting for the Sabres, but <laughs> yeah, – you, like, uh, you sound like a true hockey fan, already blaming the referees. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so, you know. I was in the building. I didn't – I couldn't tell it was high, but I got many Twitter messages and then went and looked at it. Well, yeah, if even if you look at the, like, from the Edmonton game, speaking on that, like, if you look at, I think, the odds that night, like, I was looking at betting preseason hockey, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, the odds, Edmonton's favored by, like, they're, like, minus 250. I'm like, it's a preseason game. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense with the lineup being what it was. It's, you know, major league playing minor leagues, yeah. 
Yeah, I went to the morning skate and then saw the and saw a tweet with the Oilers lineup, and then I looked up and saw who was on the ice for this for Seattle. I thought, ah, oh, <laughs> this was going to get ugly. So it, that's what happened. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, moving forward. So um, good to speak about expectations here. We're going to dive into the break here that is sponsored by Dinosaur Barbecue. Uh, my favorite thing to get there. Um, they do have steak. A lot of people don't know that they do, have, they do have steak is an option that's very good, but brisket's always been my favorite. It will still always be my favorite, um, and I may stop there tomorrow before the Sabres preseason game. So, thanks for barbecue. <laughs> Jay, what time are you going to be there? I'll go with you, man. I can I can use some barbecue all the time. But hey, all that that first half was sponsored by Dinosaur Barbecue. Remember, if you follow our YouTube channel, subscribe to it, Ranting Around Seven One Six. Subscribe to the channel, and every month we give away a nice fifty dollar or one hundred dollar gift certificate right to Dinosaur Barbecue. Jay, I'm sorry you're disqualified from winning anything since you're part of the show, so you have to pay your own rebuck. <laughs> quick, quick half. update, quick update, real quick. The Favorite. Orioles have just taken the lead, three to one against the Boston Red Sox. Awesome, awesome. We want the Blue Jays and the Mariners in oh, it. Birds. No, <laughs> not the Blue Jays. We don't want the Blue Jays anywhere. Oh, no Yankees. No. I hate the Yankees. <laughs> All right, anyway, the second half of this show will be brought to you by two of our uh, proud sponsors. First, we have John and Mary Subs, which I'm going to be getting one in about 12 minutes. I'll be heading down there to John and Mary's. They're really good pizza, too. They're not just subs, but Andy, now at the one here in Alden's awesome. Just stop in there, say, ranting around, send you. will take care of you. And, of course, do you need a car? got to call Coach, man. Ask for Coach. That's 716-310-8666. Tell him ranting around, said you. Say, hey, I heard about you ranting around. He gives you really great deals. He'll really take care of you. He won't screw you over. Not like a regular car salesman. He's really like a friend. I've got four cars from these guys, and they've always been great. So, and I really do trust them. So, again, it's down to Mary Subs and ask for coach for a brand new car or used. <laughs> All right, Steve, you're up. All right. Um, so, Andy, um, you know, the expansion draft, I mean, it's what we were all talking about for like a good year and a half. Um, expectations were all over the place. Like, obviously, you know, like you said, you can't duplicate what Vegas. I'm sorry. I have to stop you for one second. I have a message here from Bubba Gump in Orlando. When I was in Florida on vacation back in May, I was in the Bubba Gump and I was talking to uh, one of the waiters. And we talked a lot. Well, I guess right here he stopped in to say hello. So, hey, Jeff, I hope you're doing well. I'm glad you chimed in. When next time I'm in Florida, I'm definitely going to stop down there. Seriously, go to that place, guys, because they'll come up. With, he comes up with all his trivia and actually all these bubble guys. And I think I got every one of them except the second girl's name in the, when you're in the hotel suite. So, But it was great. It was a great time. So, Jeff, stop, thanks for stopping in. Go ahead, Steve. All right, I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> So anyways, like you said, you can't, like, replicate what Seattle did. But, you know, there was speculation that with the flat cap, maybe they could make some side deals. And, you know, Seattle, the front office, I mean, Ron knows, I absolutely love the hiring of um, Mandricky. Like, they have a smart front office. I mm -hmm. figure, like, may maybe they could pull off some stuff and kind of – 
do what Seattle did and build a roster that's like ready to go. Now, I'm not saying they didn't get a good roster, but it does seem to be built more for the long term, more of a traditional expansion team, um, definitely heavier on D than they are on forward. So I'm just wondering, what what are your thoughts with um, how the draft turned out? Was there anything that really surprised you? Were you surprised that they didn't really make any side deals? That was the big surprise. Like you said, we all thought that with with the cap, the situation, a lot of teams were, were up against it and, and you know, and it wasn't going to go up, that there would be room to do that. Uh, Ron Francis has always talked about cap flexibility being number one. And uh, he said recently that there were some deals they could have made, but they would have had to take on a, a, some dead salary and they just didn't want to do that. Um, I think that was one part. I also think that their their teams, the GMs, did learn from last the last time in Vegas. And you know, if you look the day before the the NHL required the teams to submit their protected list, there was a, a flurry of trades that went around, and almost all of those trades were were expansion draft related. There were guys that I think Seattle had circled that all of a sudden got traded away, and now we're going to be protected. So that threw them off. That you know, they had to rebound from that and, and change their 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 route that way. You know, I think they did okay for, for what was probably available. You know, I know some people looked at, you know, they could have taken Tarasenko. They could have taken a guy like Van Riemsdyk or, or uh, uh, the other guy. You know, those those kind of players. But I think, you know, well, Tarasenko, I think, was probably too much of a risk for him just with his injury. Yeah. But they, did, they really didn't want to take on too many big contracts. Yeah. What they did do is they took on a lot of guys that are either, you know, one year on their contract or, or – you know, our RFAs for another year. So they next year are going to have a lot of flexibility and some cap space. Uh, so I think what they've done here is they've done a team that can be competitive in their division, but isn't strapped and has room that they can make some moves next season. And they have a guy like, you know, they have some guys that could move if, if they fall on their face to start the year and are struggling. They've got some guys they can move at, at the deadline and, and build that way and grab some assets that way. You know, you look at Mark Giordano, who, has one year left on his deal. This is his last year of this deal. And if they're not where they are, he would be an attractive asset to a, to a contending team, you know, on, on the end of his contract. And they might be able to bring in some more assets, draft capital that way. So I, I think, yeah, the, the, the big surprise or the big disappointment were the, were the lack of any kind of trades. I and mean, we were all kind of waiting for that. Uh, you know, all, all the picks got leaked well before the actual event. But, uh, you know, we kept thinking, well, let's stay tuned because there's probably some trades that are coming here and they just never developed. And, you know, I also think Seattle was kind of asking for the moon on some of those. I think they were asking high prices, and teams just weren't willing this time to do it. They're just—I think—they're willing to lose a player that was on their exposed list and not not add to it by by giving Seattle some draft picks. Would you now, guys have taken? Would you, real quick, would you guys have taken Ristolainen? Do you think if we would have not? I didn't want to give up Borgen. Now if we did trade Ristolainen for a first round pick, number thirteen overall, <laughs> which anyone in Buffalo would have been happy with a fourth round pick. To be honest with you. Do you guys think you would have taken Ristolainen if that was one of the players available? Would he have been exposed? I, I mean, I, I don't know that he would have been yeah. exposed. but yeah, yeah, if he I mean, would have been exposed by okay, Buffalo, okay. would maybe. you guys have taken him? Yeah, you know, maybe. It's hard to say what they were thinking or what they were looking at. You know, they went with Borgen, who's obviously got a lesser of a, of a salary cap hit. You know, he's under a million dollars, if I remember right. He's like at 900000 Um, And that's what they were really looking for, players like that. Decent players that have some value on the ice, but also had good cap numbers. So... It's it's that's it's a good question. They might have. Yeah. Or Carey Price. Why do you guys take Price? Oh, for many reasons. That was the smartest thing they did on expansion <laughs> draft day. You were worried, weren't you? I was worried they were going to take him. Um, 
But well, as you guys probably know, he's not really that good, I don't think. He was good in the playoffs, but his save percentage was well below the league average last year in the regular season. And he's got, what, eight years left on a $10 million contract and whatever his age is. You know, no thank you. And he's injured a lot. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, guys, we've hit a benchmark. I've already seen my first complaints uh, from Flyers fans about Ristolainen and the way he plays defense. <laughs> and uh, just wanted to point that out. So It's Hold preseason yourself. still. It's preseason. <laughs> Oh, he's in regular season four. Right? It's going to be hard for him in Philly. It's going to be very. No, no, he's good. He's going to make our team better. <laughs> it's going to be tough for him in Philly. Of all places, Philly's going to be very tough for him. It yeah, is. they're not that smart in Philly. I don't think they'll know us to be better. Not. They're tough on their players, though. Very, They're tough on their players, and they're tough on Santa Claus, apparently. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> all right. So, anyways, um, we were talking about Borgen. Um, he's definitely a player – Fans in Buffalo are interested in, like Ron said, we didn't really want to let him go. But Seattle's got so much defensive depth right now. And the the expectation here in Buffalo is that if he gets waived, the Sabres are going to claim him back. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, you've seen a few games. I don't know if he's played in both games or all the games, but um, you've seen a little bit of him. You've seen him in camp. Um do you think he makes the team? Do you think they waive him? I mean, he's got a shot. I, I think, you know, like you said, they have a lot of defensemen. Um, and, and I think they're like top four defensemen are, are pretty set, right? They've got Giordano. They've got Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, and Alexiak. Those are probably their top four. And then, you know, you got guys like Hayden Fleury that I know they like. Uh, you have Jeremy Lazon, uh, Carson Soucy from Minnesota. I mean, Borgen's in that group. Uh you know, it was interesting this morning at practice uh, before the, the team came out, they had about seven guys uh, out working out. And those seven guys, I looked at them, they're all probably AHL guys. So it was almost like that was the AHL practice. And then later the whole group came out. And I asked Dave Haxall if that was an indication that he's kind of, he kind of has an idea of who his NHL group was going to be. And he kind of waffled and wouldn't really tell me yes or no. But it sure does look like they're kind of, you know, narrowing it down. And Borgen was in that NHL group. Um, but I think right now he's fighting for, with a couple other guys for that fifth, sixth defensive spot on the team. So he's got a shot. Yeah, one of our local uh, writers here, our local TV men, Ted Goldberg, he gave – I want I want to find this real quick. Um, he said he was se setting his watch for Borgen or something. Right. He was basically – yeah, and I'll t uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't going to bring right, this right, one It was when Friedman tweeted out today's um, waivers. Right, right. So Ted said uh, he mentioned a couple players that would make the team. Um, here we go. I asked him, and he said that. Uh, oh, I said, do you think I'll be shocked if he puts on waivers? And he said, uh, Giordano, Larson, Oleksiak, and Dunn are definitely making the team. That leaves Susie, Lazan, and Fleury, which are more experienced, uh, but that doesn't account for righty-lefty. So he named those seven guys that he feels could make the team above Borgen, and Borgen would then have to go through waivers in Buffalo to have playing first. Would we, have, would we, still, have priority from would we still have priority from last year? Carry AD for November 1st. Huh? Unless they decide to carry AD on the roster. Right, and they could do that, or they could put them in a box slot, right, upstairs a lot, but mm – -hmm. uh, yeah, we do have first waiver rights until November first. Then it will be whatever team's in last place, and that won't be us. So you know, it pays to be the worst sometimes. Maybe. 
So yeah, you... so it, it's a possibility that that he could be available, but I, I think they like him. Um, I think they would like to find a spot for him. Um, but they're, it's it's a numbers game right now on defense and and up front too. They got a lot of guys. <laughs> well, I'll make you a deal. You send us your first overall pick next year. No attachments. <laughs> it's what it is. And we'll, we won't take them. We'll let you. You know, we'll let you keep them. Um, and if some our team takes them, well, then you know, yeah, luck. But so so you know, let me. I've got a few minutes left here. Um, you know, we'll go around the horn real quick for anyone's got their own questions asked. But you you know, and obviously, you look at Vegas. Say, oh, you know, hey, that could be up, but. You as a hockey fan, you, and you're, you know, you know, you know hockey probably more than most people there, right? Because you're into it. What would you be happy with as amount of wins? And I, I know the Vegas odds, not the Vegas team, but the they're giving you guys like a 93 point season, and I, I just don't see it. Looking at the team, you're not going to score many goals. It's soft uh, I, I, yeah, but there, but, but that's who you know. I mean, it just they're soft division, but maybe, maybe. I mean, we don't know, but. It, can Seattle still can they skate with certain teams like uh, you know I expect those soft teams to use Seattle as a team they can get their points from. How many wins do you really realistically think this team can get? Um, I haven't really sat down and thought about number of wins or points. You know, I, I'm still just on that they'll be competing uh, for a playoff spot. However many points that's going to take, and I don't think it'll take many in the in the Pacific Division. Um, you know, you look at that division. Vegas obviously is is the top dog there. I think Edmonton's probably number two. And then after that, I think it's a bit of a free-for-all. L.A. is very much improved, but they're still very, very young. Uh, Vancouver, maybe, if they put it all together this year, but they still haven't signed Hughes or Pedersen. Those guys are still RFAs unsigned. Um, you know, offer sheet, that, offer sheet. Yeah, I think the Ducks. <laughs> you know, it's been fun to tease Vancouver fans about that. Like, oh, Seattle's going to offer sheet Pedersen, but they're not. But it would be no. fun to tease them about it. I look at the Ducks, though, you know, and then the Flames. I, I don't think that they're – I'd be hard to say that they're automatically that much better than Seattle. So I think Seattle's in that mix for that for that wild card out there. Um, and, you know, I think that's realistic. I think they'll – I think they're they they're a gritty team. You know, they're, they're kind of like the Islanders, maybe, maybe not as good. But they're going to play that style. Uh, they're going to forecheck and play defense. And that could get them some wins and get them in – sneak them into the playoffs. So I think they'll be in that mix. Uh, but, you know, thanks to this division – if they were in a different – like if they were in the Atlantic or one of the tougher divisions, it oh, yeah. wouldn't be as good. <laughs> yeah, 40, probably, like... I think probably 40 to 45 wins is where they're going to need to end up. Like if you end up 42, 43, you get five to six, maybe seven, eight overtime games. You hit mm-hmm. right around 90. I think in that division you could probably sneak in. Yeah, 90 points get you in. Might be 80 will get you in. 85 <laughs> Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Steve, you have anything? Um, yeah, you know, I'm just going to th- – um, I know, I know, Ron. We've been trying not to talk about this guy. I want you to. I was hoping you would bring him up. I really did because we but, have um, we have two know, and a half I, minutes here. You know, I threw Andy. I threw out this crazy kind of um, Eichel trade scenario before the expansion <laughs> draft, uh-huh. um, where they would trade Eichel to Seattle for a package that included number two overall. And a few few other pieces, but it'd be a small package, and it would be contingent on Seattle selecting Jeff Skinner and taking him on as a <laughs> so, so you don't have to comment on that specific trade, but do you think there was ever any interest in Seattle and Eichel? I mean, I don't. I, I mainly mainly because you're a brand new franchise, and you don't want to start giving up what few assets you have, right? And the yeah. only thing they had then was draft picks. And when you're starting yeah. a franchise, you want to keep all your draft picks and if possible, yeah. get more. So, I mean, it, I know that a lot of people around here speculated about like, oh, you know, we should look at Eichel. 
you know, great player, obviously, but I think just the situation Seattle's in starting from, from scratch, they would have Eichel and then a bunch of nobodies if they, if they made a trade like that. So I don't think it would help either party. I don't think it would help Eichel. I don't think it would help Seattle. So I, I don't think, uh, that was ever really realistic just because it would have cost them too much uh, of what they don't really have. Yeah. Well, if you look at like, um, like I think you can understand why, like if you look at Seattle sports or like I can, I consider, I don't know what you would consider, but I consider Portland a Seattle team, like a Portland basketball wise is a Seattle team mostly, yeah. but when the Sonics were here, that was a huge oh, well, rivalry. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people haven't gotten over that. So I don't oh, know. Oh, there Portland's, you go. Portland's but I was little, definitely got to Portland will be on local here. television here this year, though. Yeah. We finally well, got a Sonic here. Great hot dogs, man. I love it. <laughs> oh, That's about it. But, well, yeah. I would think like like Seattle has the every team has their. You want to have that iconic player to start with. So you want to mm-hmm. you want to think of Eichel. You know, you'd want to have him. In in my own opinion, I would in, with you know the Seahawks. You have Russell, obviously, and now you've got DK, who I think is going to be one of the best receivers in the league for the next ten years. But you have that iconic player you want to kind of build with. That's that building block. You think you have to get it to win and whatnot. But uh, I don't know that Seattle, the Kraken, even with the draft picks, ever had anything that me personally, even now, would want to give up for Eichel. And some Kraken fans say, oh, no, we have this player, this player, Eichel's hurt. But us knowing how he plays, what he does, obviously all the locker room issues possible aside, I don't know if they have anything that we'd want that I'd want to take right now for Eichel unless we're taking a true like, hey, we're really building for the future. We don't want anything back that's going to produce right now. Yeah, you know? other than so, draft picks, right? You want draft picks exactly. Be, and Seattle just can't trade. afford to give Seattle just can't afford to give up draft picks right now. They need them. <laughs> they, build. Right. they have seven prospects. That's it. <laughs> one's in college and one's in college. When you look at old expansion teams like Ottawa and Tampa, Ottawa was terrible. They had eight wins the first year. They were terrible. Tampa wasn't so bad. You know, Tampa was decent. Uh, Florida Panthers were kind of decent. I don't remember the Ducks, how they did. Um, and San Jose came in, they were really bad, right? Uh, but you, you just don't know. And everyone said, well, they set the expansion rules up this year. Man. And I don't know. I mean, you know, you look, when, uh, you know, they just took a bunch of older guys. And they, I don't know. I, I, did they just get that lucky? I mean, I only watched their games for the pregame ceremonies. And I, you know, I hope you guys don't do nothing crazy like that. I and mean, that's the well, biggest thing. You guys don't need to do that. The person behind those pregame ceremonies now works for the Kraken. So we'll see yes. what we're going to get. Johnny Greco. <laughs> Bring on the fun, Ron. John, Johnny Greco is his name. He, he was behind those Vegas uh, openers that first year. Oh, with the with the knight and the sword. Yep. Oh wow! Yeah. He now that is doing cool the same stuff. job for the Kraken. So we're, we're, we should see something pretty cool. He's a good guy. Yeah. Ron doesn't who's like the, who's who's the Kraken mascot? Is it is it an octopus of some kind? They have not it? they have not a, a revealed okay. mascot as of yet. So your guess <laughs> is as good as be. mine. Because the Mariner yeah. is a moose, so it, it yes. might be something like not like an octopus. It, it might could be something be. like. Crazy, you know. Oh, it totally. Has. I, I want them to bring back Sigmund the Sea Monster for anybody who's yes! older. Might remember that. Oh yeah. Yes! Oh yeah. Sigmund the Sea Monster <laughs> from Marty yeah. Croft. Yep, I have exactly. I I've been voted video. down whenever I brought that up. So I, don't I know wish you would. I wish I knew you were going to bring it up because I actually have Sigmund Marty Croft. I have uh, uh the, the I have the Sigmund the Sea Monster episode. I have um, Land of the Lost <laughs> episodes, all of them, and yep. the show with the magic guy he falls into the hat. Um. I can't get the name of it. I have it over around the corner here, but I'm not going to go get it. But, man, oh, man, Sigmund Marty Croft. These the only problem with Sigmund the Sea Monster is he's kind of creepy. I think it might creep out little kids. So No, he was days. nice. His, his cousins were terrible with him. But <laughs> Sigmund was nice, you know, with that boy named Jody. But these two don't know what we're talking about, by the way. So <laughs> Are the, I had one last question, and I, I'm really interested in this, actually, Andy. 
Um, I see that Seattle has not named a captain yet. Do you think they'll do that this year? And if who, do you think someone stands out? I don't know. You know, I asked when the day they they hired Dave Haxall, I asked him that question. And he, he said, you know, that it's up in the air that he has to see who are the natural leaders. And it might be, you know, he'd be happy if they just had like a leadership group. And we're starting right. to see that form and, and without maybe naming a captain. Uh, you know, they, they've had guys in their games where, where the A's, like three of them, but no C yet. Uh, you know, obviously Gio Darner would be uh, – you know, the, the, the odds on favorite. I mean, he's already, some of the players already talked about him in the room and how he's already kind of set the tone before games. So he would be the obvious choice if they do, but I don't know if they necessarily have to, I think Haxall would be happy with a leadership group this first year. And it's weird in an expansion team, right? Cause none of these guys really have ever played against with each other. Um, so they don't, who do you trust as the captain? So that's, that's kind of a wait and see. I mean, I think it's probably 50, 50, but if they do, it'll probably be Giordano. Um, but I think it's just as likely they'll go with the whole season without one, as Vegas did. Vegas didn't hire, hire, name the captain until this pre- previous season. But yeah, there's nothing wrong uh, with the vacancy. I mean, the yeah. Sabres are going to have theirs vacant this year. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they really are, actually, though, aren't they? <laughs> one, of our best, one of our best seasons ever in Sabres history, they didn't have a captain either back in 05, 06. You know, uh, pretty much for they had two captains, Ron. Yeah, they had two, but you know, um, you know, and that was probably our second best season ever in but Sabres they had history. Two actual captains. They well, Drury realistically had the C, in my opinion. Drury <laughs> I mean, had the C, but well, Dumont was the captain of that team, realistically, and probably Miller. And all joke aside, Miller probably was the. Holy no, not 05. We're getting off track, but not 05. <laughs> I know. Actually, we have uh, 55 seconds here. Um, real quick news, if anyone hasn't heard, it seems like if there's any modicum of truth to this, Derek Gregor has said that teams are now getting uh, the medical reports of Eichel that they're letting them. So either that means teams are finally making some serious offers that, you know, Adams can say, okay, and uh, or they're just moving mm-hmm. to the next step and just whatever, you know. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, so that's where we're at that. So, all right, Andy, it was really great to see, uh, seeing you on here. Thanks again. After last night, it was a little bit of a snafu that happens once in a while. Last week, something came out. It's always, usually we're pretty spot on. Um, hopefully you'll come <laughs> on again sometime, you know, and, uh, sure. we got in the middle of the season. We'll see where, what Seattle's doing and, uh, we'll make it not a non-game night. So we'll go with that. So, all right. All right. That sounds good. Thanks for having all me right. on. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody is, is, uh, the, I don't know. Uh, it's gonna take a little time. To use, not, so. it, it's gonna time right. It's gonna take me time. This is right around. I have to get used to that. But all right, everybody. So all right. And, all right, everybody. You all have a good night, and we'll see you next week.